Hey sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing Podcast. I'm Jenny L. Taylor, a trauma coach, trauma thriver, and daughter of God, living loved. This space is for you sisters who want to begin healing and living fully, but the effects of childhood trauma keeps you stuck, scared, and unfulfilled. I'm so glad you're here. In this podcast, you'll receive trauma education, practical strategies, biblical applications, and motivational tips to support your trauma healing journey. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's get started. If we take an honest look at our lives, we can admit that we've all experienced some kind of stressful or negative childhood event. Depending on the event and the effects on us, that is, if the event resulted in physical distress, in pain or emotional upset that dysregulated the nervous system, this is likely to result in trauma. If you were blessed to have a safe and secure adult to help you process the event in a supporting manner, someone who supported your healing, there is a high likelihood that there would be minimum long-term effects. However, if the event and its effects on you were never addressed or even repeated over a long period of time, this is when trauma usually follows and it usually goes and grows with you, leaving deep emotional and or psychological wounds. Experiencing trauma is nothing to be ashamed of, yet shame is often a prevalent feeling among trauma survivors. When a child experiences trauma, they have little choice in how they heal and move through. They develop survival mechanisms that serve them as children, but these same mechanisms often do not serve them when they become an adult. An example would be distancing themselves mentally or emotionally to keep safe as a child because this provides temporary relief and some children even create fantasy places in their minds that are much safer and certainly more fun to be in than in their reality. As the child grows older, this distance begins to look more and more like dissociation, or it could look like seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, the inability to deal with life's difficult realities. Usually, the coping techniques that works as kids begin to lose their effectiveness, and as the years of unaddressed trauma wounds begin to compound, further support and healing are needed. Even though many Christian women of color know that something is not right and they need support from trained professionals, many are hesitant to seek the help they need. And there is no blame or shame here. There is usually a reason for this hesitancy. Today, I will share four Ps that keep Christian women from seeking trauma healing in the hopes that if you are experiencing one of these reasons, you will see that you are not alone. It is not uncommon and you can make a choice to pursue the healing that you need. Throughout my healing journey, I've experienced each of these reasons at one stage or the other, and it helped me to understand why the reasons were showing up. Once I was aware of the why, I could acknowledge how my mind was trying to protect me. I could also explore if these reasons were serving me or keeping me from moving towards my healing. Here are the four P's. Pain, 
perfectionism, pride, and productivity. Let's take each one in turn. Pain. The avoidance of pain is a significant motivator. Generally, no one likes to feel pain. There was a time in my life that I would avoid physical and emotional pain at all costs. If there was even a hint of discomfort in taking a new step or experiencing a new event, I was out. Safety and comfort above all was my motto. This is quite normal for survivors of trauma. And if you are extremely pain averse due to your childhood trauma, know that it's not your fault. Your mind and your body are simply working together to protect you and keep you safe from perceived threats and feelings of discomfort. I talked about the ACC in an earlier episode, which is the brain's threat surveillance response. Whenever you experience a sensory input, either through sight, touch, taste, smell, or hearing, these inputs are filtered through past lived painful experiences, and your body remembers what it was like to feel the pain of the traumatic event and does whatever it needs to do to keep you from experiencing such pain again. When it comes to seeking healing, I often hear clients say, I don't even want to go there, meaning they don't want to access the painful memories or emotions. They believe that the pain would be too much to bear. They think a Pandora's box will open and they will become so overwhelmed that they won't be able to function effectively or even shut down. First of all, let me say that that is a valid concern. As a trauma specialist, I agree it's not safe to try to unpack too many trauma memories too quickly without helping the survivor establish a sense of safety and stability. That being said, allowing the fear of pain to keep you from taking that first step to healing isn't a long-term healing strategy either. If you are concerned about what pain or emotions may be uncovered as you explore healing, but you know that you want to be healed, acknowledge this and first take your fears to God. Let him know how you feel and ask him for the strength and the discernment to take the next right step for you. God is on your side. He knows how you feel and he is a great comforter as well. You may not be ready for a full-on session with a trained professional right now. Maybe your next step is to read a book about the type of trauma and the effects you are experiencing, and this could prompt you to begin thinking about your experiences on a different level. Your next step could be talking to a trusted friend about what you want to do and get some support in that area. Knowing that you need help, inaction would not bring you the healing that you need. So go ahead and explore your options and take a step forward. As the saying goes, nothing changes if nothing changes. Perfectionism. When it comes to seeking help, perfectionism can keep you stagnant, especially if you think about the non-linear path of trauma healing. You may like having order and everything in its place, or you like scheduling everything so you are not surprised or caught off guard by anything. This high need for order can also be a learned response to trauma. It provides the idea that if everything is ordered just right, you will be safe. Moving into healing has many unknowns, and you will learn more about yourself and experience the release of pain, mending of emotional wounds, 
in the beginning, you may not know how to order the elements of your healing journey, and that sense of not being in control can be very scary. I get that, and I acknowledge that it is also a fear for trauma survivors. This fear does not have to keep you from your healing, though. A trained trauma-informed professional can help you gain the skills you need to stay regulated, even when you don't have as much control as you think you need. You can learn to increase your distress tolerance so you become more and more comfortable with life as it is. When I was going through my perfectionism healing, I had to be very intentional about increasing my tolerance of things being unordered. I started very gently, and I'll give you an example. Years ago, when I began working out of my home office and I was working on perfectionism, my coach at the time asked me to do some exposure therapy. In my office, I had this bookshelf that was right in my line of sight. I could see it when I sat down at my desk. I could see it when I was leaving the office, so I could not not see it. The shelf was always neat and ordered, and that gave me a sense of calm. My coach asked me to mess up my shelf, so I moved my books around, and they were no longer arranged by height. Some were stacked one on top the other, I turned the decorations at the top of the bookshelf on their side and committed to living with this for 30 days. For someone who does not identify as a perfectionist, they're probably saying, really, Janielle, what's the big deal? But for my recovering perfectionistic sisters, I feel your nods of understanding. Thank you. We get each other. I had to sit and look at this disordered bookshelf day after day. I had to feel the discomfort, the physical discomfort in my body, take note of the intensity of the discomfort, then journal and process what I actually needed that this ordered bookshelf was giving me. In that process, I learned that I needed predictability. Seeing order provided a sense of safety. Knowing where each book was made me feel in control of at least one area of my home and life because my trauma history triggered this need for safety and control. I was able to identify the healthy needs behind this and explore better ways of getting them met while addressing the origins of my desire for order. Today, as I record this podcast episode, I'm sitting in a different unordered room because I'm creating a new office space in a different area of my home. So half my staff is in the new office and half is in this office space with me. And you know what? It doesn't even bother me anymore. I've learned over the years to practice being present so I can tell myself I know that today I have what I need to work and enjoy life. I am safe. I can handle this temporary disruption and I am okay. This is a simple example of how a trauma response can show up in everyday life. And when addressing healing, we can start gently with the simple things in life and build up our tolerance to equip us to move into looking at the deeper wounds. This is a place where you can get to when you work through the wounds and the needs below perfectionism. Pride. 
Pride is not often discussed in the coaching or therapy room. Sometimes if you have a Christian counselor or a Christian coach, then that is usually when the topic comes up. Despite all my coaching and therapy over the years, pride was never a really topic that was raised in session with my mental health professionals or coaches. But because I am a daughter of God and my heart's desire is to be like Christ, I gave God permission to deal with pride in my life. I am a learner, and when I did the Strengths Finder assessment, four of my top five strengths fell in the thinking domain. I really, really love learning, and God created me with this kind of brain, with these strengths, and guess what? This is the area he used to bring healing in my life, or at least to bring attention to the fact that I needed healing from pride. I remember being in a Bible study class some years ago, and the focus of the lesson was Revelation 3.17. The NLT version says, You say, I am rich, I have everything I want, I don't need a thing, and you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, and poor, blind, and naked. With the kind of brain I had, I read this passage like, Wow! I'm always learning something new. I know I will never learn everything, but do I even know enough about myself? Sure, I read tons of self-help books, but could I be blinded to the true nature of my condition? If the Laodicean church could be so blinded by their condition, is there something I'm missing? How much more do I need to learn? So I began pondering what else I could learn about myself. I began to think more and more about pride because I know pride blinds us to reality and I said a dangerous prayer in that season. My prayer was, Lord, reveal all areas of pride in my life so that I may confess it, surrender it, and receive your healing. Open my eyes to see the reality of myself. Reveal my blind spots and deliver me. That was the beginning of a huge change in my life. Up until then, I associated pride with putting on a show, being in the limelight, boasting and things like that. And I was not an upfront person, so I thought I was good. Well, I was more like a Laodicean church member than I thought. There were many areas of pride God revealed, but the area that is most relevant to this podcast episode relates to how I approached my trauma healing. I was realistic enough to know that I'm not perfect. I have trauma scars, but I never talked about it. I pretended that I had things all together. I wasn't great at asking for help from my church or my friends. I had to be the one that people asked for help. I tied my identity to being strong, being in control, not being bothered by life. But yet on the inside, there was a turmoil of pain and imperfection. I began to see how pride kept me isolated in my pain and stopped me from reaching out for help. I surrendered this to God and asked for the courage to get the help I needed. And this led me to joining a support group with other women and I was able to share my story and get support and understanding. I began to acknowledge and accept the impact trauma had on my life as these women accepted me and when they shared their stories, I realized that we truly are more alike than we are different. Fast forward to today, here I am sharing about my journey, being vulnerable in this podcast with no pride in sight. 
I know the benefits of taking that step towards healing. And if sharing my story can help you take your first step, then I'm here for it. Productivity. Okay, my sisters, who knows what I'm talking about? Productivity, moving from task to task, never taking a break to let your brain or your body rest long enough. Keeping busy feels good. It makes us feel useful. Plus, if we are busy doing, we don't have to bother with the task of being, being present, being in our emotions, being fully with God. I remember those days too well. Productivity can be tricky though because it may not be that you are doing anything wrong or that you are wasting time. I spent years keeping busy by studying courses to gain promotions at work. I studied and practiced hobby after hobby. I read self-help books and even journaled through what I was learning. These last ones were a precursor to seeing a professional, but it was still a time of productivity that kept me feeling like I was doing something, yet it really delayed my steps towards trauma healing. Productivity is a great tool for keeping the pain and emotions away. I'll admit that. It's easy to stuff the feelings down and keep moving from task to task, but those feelings won't stay down forever. They are not meant to. It is like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Eventually, you have to let go. And when you do, like the beach ball, those emotions will ricochet to the surface with extreme force. This is also why many women are scared to deal with their emotions. It is a sort of letting go and the fear is that it would all erupt with tremendous force. If productivity is your go-to coping mechanism, practicing the pause will benefit you greatly. Start by blocking out five minutes a day. You can couple this with playing one of your favorite songs because I know for many, they would dread just having five minutes of silence with just them and their thoughts. So to start out, you can begin playing a soothing song in that same time frame and just listen to the music. Close your eyes and do nothing else. Sit in a comfortable spot, relax your body, and commit to staying there for the full five minutes. This is the first step to introduce you to the pause. As you get comfortable with five minutes, later on you can add the practice of making notes of gratitude or watching a sunset. You can do anything that engages your five senses. That would be helpful. And as you continue to practice, you can begin increasing the time from five minutes to seven minutes and just keep going longer and longer until you have this practice of pause in your life. This will likely bring up thoughts and emotions that you will want to address. So it's a good idea to take some notes of what comes up for you and then It might be a good time to reach out to someone else, whether it's a trained trauma-informed professional or a close friend, someone you can trust to help you process what came up for you. What is holding you back from taking that first step towards your trauma healing journey? I've listed four Ps that often keep Christian women from seeking help. And I know that that list is not exhaustive. Can you identify with any of these reasons? Or perhaps you can think of other reasons that keep you where you are. If you can think of another reason, I would love to hear about it. 
Just to see if we can keep the alliteration going, let's see what other reasons you can identify that starts with the letter P. Send me an email with the word and how it kept you from pursuing healing. And if I get enough responses with a common theme, I will do a part two of this episode highlighting the reasons that you mentioned. Of course, the reasons don't all have to be a P. You can send in whatever reason that comes up for you. I will be really curious to see what you share. So send your responses to support at shadesoftraumahealing.com. And I look forward to reading them and hopefully we will have a part two of this episode based on the responses. That's all we have for today, my friends. I hope that you found this informative and more so I hope that it got you thinking about any reasons you have that may be keeping you from seeking help. Trauma healing is possible. It takes courage to take that first step And as a Christian woman, you can ask God to fill you with that courage to take the step that you need so that you can experience the full and free life that God wants for you. If this podcast encouraged, inspired, or taught you something, do share it with another sister friend who needs support in her healing journey. I would also love for you to go to Apple Podcasts right now and leave a review for the show. Thanks for listening. I'm cheering for your healing. Until next week, breathe and be blessed.